Romans chapter 14 and verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So this man retired and he bought a house near a high school and everything was peace. You know, he'd take his nap in the middle of the day. Don't wait till you retire to take a nap. And those are blessings, right? To preacher, you're just old. Maybe so, but I'm also rested. So he was taking his nap and it was all quiet, but he was near a high school. Then school started. And after school started, the bands of boys would come down the street banging the trash cans and making a ruckus, you know, throwing trash cans. And, and uh, so it disturbed his nap and his peace and his quiet. So eventually he thought something up. And so the next afternoon he was on his porch to meet the boys as they banged their way down the streets. And he stopped them, and they all kind of had that insolent teenager look like, what, old man? And he said, hey, no, 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 don't get the wrong idea. You kids look like you're having a lot of fun. I used to do the same thing when I was your age. Will you do me a favor? He said, I'll give each one of you a dollar if you promise every day to come down this street and bang those cans as loud as you can and just shout your freedom about getting out of high school. And the boys were happy, so he just handed out the dollar bills and, and the boys went down the street banging their trash cans. After a week, the man walked out and he greeted the kids again. He smiled and uh, they smiled back and then his smile turned into a frown. He said, I got some bad news. Um, the recession came, young guys and, and, and fellas, and... And so I'm going to have to cut it down to 50 cents a person to keep you banging on the trash cans. But I need you to bang them on. Bang all the cans for me, okay? And so the kids were unimpressed, but they accepted the reduction in payment and continued their afternoon activities, right? A few days later, the man approached them. He was on his porch, this time no smile. And he said, fellas, I haven't gotten my retirement check this week. I'm not going to be able to give you more than a dime a person to bang all those trash cans. Will that be okay? And the leader of the boy said, that's it. He was the drum leader, right? He was the one that... He said, if you think we're going to go waste our time beating these things for 10 cents a day, you're nuts. No way, mister. I quit. And all the other boys like, yeah, I quit too. And the man enjoyed peace and serenity for the rest of his days. <laughs> That's what happens when you go around the block, right? Amen. Amen. Don't you go to bed, little girl. Oh, yeah, don't you go to bed. You know, so you can, you know, we, we got these mind games we can play. Why? We've been around. The Bible says that God is for some things. And in this, in this day and age, you know, there are a lot of disagreements. And you don't have to speak to someone for very long to find out that what political party or what view that they have on certain treatments for a certain ailment that's going around the world. And you'll find out that there's a lot of disagreement and you find out what people are against. If you mention the word apple, you'll find out that it's not just a fruit anymore. It's a controversial statement. Some people are against apples. Really. Some people are against androids. If you mention Coke, Coke used to be it. 
But there are people that are against it, right? Some like the other thing, Pepsi. And some like Shasta, you know, but that's okay. But we find out that it can happen that way in the church world. And people can say, you know, well, the church is against. And, and there are a lot of things that the church is against. And, and I'd say that the world knows them. But you know what? We don't need to emphasize that. The world already knows that. So what we would like to talk about is what the church is for. And then we preached last Sunday about the church is for righteousness, which means being equal in stance and innocent before God. But it goes on what produces, and after you have a relationship with God and the kingdom of God comes to you, and that's what the kingdom is. It's that domain of Christ. And when the kingdom of God comes unto you, you not only get his righteousness, but you get something else. Peace. The Bible says in first in Colossians, excuse me, chapter one and verse 20, and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. That's his kingdom by him. I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, God's cross and his blood made peace between whomever chooses to accept the work that Christ did by his blood. And not only does that give us righteousness, but the church is for peace. So we want to look at three things today. And if you can take something with you, you know, uh, I read this advertisement. It said, rent the car, own the memory. And it was like a Hertz advertising, H-E-R-T-Z, not to be hurt, but with a car company. And you know what? One thing that you can take with you, I think a lot of people in this day and age, in this church building, you're looking for peace. And you know what? It can be elusive if you look for it in the wrong way. But what I'd like to talk about for a little while is to look for peace the biblical way and then take it with you when you leave the church. First of all, God is the God of peace. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 16, Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace. And that says this, Always by all means. The Lord be with you all. So we find that peace, there is a God of peace. Peace is a person. You know, a lot of times people think, well, I need to get some peace. I need to go on a vacay. If I can't afford a vacay, I'm going to go on a staycay. You know what a staycation is? Where you just don't travel, but you take some time off, right? A staycay. That's not peace. That's not biblical peace. Now, let me tell you, it feels good to sleep in. No, that, that feels good for your body. But the Bible says the body is the, that we are made up of body. We're made up of soul. And we made up of spirit. So to really get a rest, it can't just be a physical rest. So peace is not a geographical location. Oh, no, peace is Carmen del Playa. Peace is Cancun. Peace is on a cruise. Man, I went on a cruise, and guess what? The first day of the cruise, you were rocking back and forth. And inside my belly, things were going back and forth. It was no peace. Okay, no peace. But the peace of God 
It's the God of peace. When Jesus, there arose a great storm of wind in Mark chapter 4, and that it was now the ship was full, and I preached about this recently. The Bible said he was in the back of the ship asleep on a pillow. And that's really how things work in God, isn't it? And he's, everything's going crazy. So a preacher, when this stops going crazy, they don't have peace. But Jesus is the God of peace. And the Bible said that he was sleeping in the middle of the storm. The nerve of Jesus. No, not the nerve of Jesus. Man, if Jesus is sleeping, why can't I go to sleep too? And that's what we should do is to follow the lead of the God of peace. Peace is a person. The Bible said that he arose and he rebuked the wind at his disciples' uh, 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 questioning or request. You know that sometimes God does calm the storm, but you know what sometimes he does? He calms his child. And sometimes we're just in the storm, but God says, hey, it's stormy. Just pretend you're on a waterbed, okay? <laughs> and just go to sleep and just get rocked back and forth. I remember uh, I was on a ship years ago in the military, and we were in a storm of or some, some waters that were roiling. And when you go out into the big ocean, you find out small ship, big ocean. doesn't even matter how big the ship is. It's small compared to the big ocean. It is small. So it was rocking back and forth, and, and we were in the military. We had these like rails like little kids did on our bunks and they were stacked like four high and that's because you would get ready to fall out of the bunk and it would wake you up when the ship was rocking it would rock that bad but that rail would keep you from uh rolling out of the bed and i remember kind of getting used to it because after you get used to it it's just like you're getting rocked to sleep like a little baby and you know that god is a god of peace but you see that the second thing it, that, that if god is the god of peace how do we get that peace? And that's the thing. If God's sleeping in the storm, preacher, I've got a storm, but I'm not sleeping. I'm burning the candle. I'm stressing out. I'm stressing out everybody that I can who will listen to me. And when I can't stress them out, I'll go on Facebook and stress them out. And if I have minutes, I'm going to call someone and stress them out. Have you ever talked to someone and after you're done, you're like, oh, I feel tired. Why? Because it's just like they just unloaded on you. They like pulled your pocket out and just vomited in it like my daughter man god bless preacher's kids right she was sleeping between us some time ago and she just sat up like in the middle of the night and her stomach was upset and her her head did not twist all the way around but it was almost like that and she just let it all out and i was like no i mean we had to wash like everything right and you know some people are like that they're going through a storm and it upsets them and they just gotta let everybody know but you know what? There's other people that you call, right? God bless her. There's other people that you call. And man, after you talk to them, you feel good. You feel rested. You feel encouraged, you know? And you know, there's, there's a, a, you know, a leader, a, a good leader will give you like confidence in them to follow them and confidence. But a great leader will give you confidence in yourself. Jesus was that exemplary leader where he would give you something that you could keep for yourself. You see, peace is not only a person, but peace is a relationship. It's a relationship. I love when my parents will come visit. Maybe my mom will listen to this. But uh, I talk about Krispy Kremes a lot. And I, I remember when I was, well, actually, we were visiting my parents. 
This is some years ago. I don't even think they have that fridge anymore. And I opened it, the door, and this is up in Wisconsin. Krispy Kremes, right? Was it in, was it in, was, yeah, it was in, it was in Wisconsin. And there were Krispy Kremes in there, like in a box and everything. I'm like, and what are those for? My parents don't even eat Krispy Kremes. Their son was coming. Who? Me! And they got Krispy Kremes. I didn't even ask. You know that your heavenly father is just like that. If you need something, he's already got it before you ask him. He's already got the answer to the prayer. The Bible says that my God, he shall supply all your need according to what? His Krispy Kremes in glory. No, it said his riches in glory by what? Christ Jesus. God gave us the answer to our needs and it's in Jesus Christ and our relationship to Him gives us peace. I remember going when my parents come down, they go shopping. They come visit us and they go shopping. They buy stuff we don't even think about buying. Like, oh no, no, don't buy that little piece of cheese. That little piece of cheese is like eight bucks. You know, the little like like a little triangle of cheese. Don't even get that. They just buy it. They throw it in there. My wife and I, if we're buying it, we're like, okay, how much money do I have left? You know, we're on the coupons, right? Okay, this is one. You can type in this coupon. It's digital. And my parents are just throwing stuff in the cart like a basketball game and everything's going. And I'm like, man, just come around. You know, it's a key. When the parents are around, you eat well. Hey, let's go out to eat, they say. But we just went out to eat like this morning. Let's go out to eat again. I'm like, okay, just hanging around my parents. And when the bill comes, you just kind of keep your, you know, your hands like this and uh, together. And they come and they, they usually go to a guy, right? That's what they usually do. The waiter is like, oh, uh, excuse me. And I just kind of like hold my head down a little bit. <laughs> and then my dad, like if he's not paying attention, he'll raise his hand or my mom will get his attention. Like, I got it, I got it. You know, my dad even figured out how to do one of those digital things where you, where you pay at the table. And my dad knew how to do that before me. We went out to eat. Man, thank God we were going out to eat with him at Bahama Breeze. So you stick your, you stick your, your card in the machine that prints you out a receipt. And so I saw him do that and I'm like, okay. So then I went out to eat down at Cheddar's. And I stuck my card in, and I'm like, man, it won't work. I've seen my dad do it. (laughs) It's because he had no money. No, I had money. But there's two orifices in this machine, okay? The first orifice is for the card. The orifice that I stuck it in was where the receipt comes out. (laughs) You know, age doesn't determine wisdom, okay? And I, I don't know if anyone caught it, but man, it was embarrassing. I pulled it out like, hope no one saw that. You ever done something like that? <laughs> Amen. And you're like, okay, no one saw it. I'm going to plug it in the right place, right? But you know what? If you've been plugging it in the wrong place where the receipt comes out, you need to take it out and plug it in where the bless come, blessings come out. And that's in the relationship with Jesus Christ. God will give you a peace. The Bible says it'll pass all understanding. The Bible says that the peace of God rule in your heart to the which we are called in one body you know what that word means like an umpire calls safe or ball or strike the umpire rules right they say whether the pitch is valid in baseball or unvalid you know what if our peace leaves and the peace of god is not in our heart 
and that umpire has called, uh, that's a ball, or that's outside, and that peace of God leaves. Brethren, that should be an indication that we need to get back into the relationship with God. And if we've started to do things or not uh, done things that we should have done, let me tell you, uh, I've experienced it in my own life. That peace of God leaves and you're like, man, but I've got this. But you know what? He's the Prince of Peace. And wherever God is in charge, there is just a peace there. It's a peace that nobody can take away. Brethren, it's a peace on Sunday, but it's a peace on Monday. It's a peace when you hit that red light and you want to make it through. And it's a peace that uh, when uh, you get that extra bill. It's a peace when that... that uh, email doesn't come in or it's a peace when the bonus has been delayed there's a peace that passes all understanding you know there's different words for peace in the bible you know that the greek word for peace means like rested or or calm like when when there was a great calm or a great when jesus said peace be still there was an exterior peace that's the kind of peace that you find at the beach that's a good peace right that's a good peace but an even greater peace is the Hebrew word for peace. You know what the Hebrew word for peace is? Shalom. The Hebrew word for peace doesn't mean an exterior calm. Do you know that? And I believe that God wants to show us something about what God's peace really is all about. There's a verse of scripture and I love it. And I made up a song, I'll spare you. I won't sing it. But it's in Isaiah because you'll remember things when you sing them. You remember songs, right? Now I know my ABCs. That, that, you know, you remember that because it's a song. <laughs> Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee. There's a song that says, I woke up with my mind. Stayed on Jesus. Because he trusteth in thee. Now it's interesting if you look at the definition. I have a a Bible translation that shows me what each word means. The word perfect is translated in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3 as shalom. Well, what's the word peace translated as? Shalom. So basically God says, you will have shalom, shalom. I mean, that's like little Caesars, slice, slice. It's like you'll have a double dose of shalom. Now, what does shalom mean? Shalom just means, it means well, it means good. The, the peace of God is in a relationship. Like you'll ask someone, hey, Shalom, are you well? How, are you, how, are your, how is your health? And it really is more focused on your well-being than what's going on around you. Like someone will say, are you good? And you're like, man, I'm good. You know, I'm still going through something, but I'm good. You know, like the psalmist said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm good. He said, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. And that relationship is what gives a Christian their peace. There is a, the apostle Paul said that, he was given all these revelations. So what happened to the Apostle Paul is he was given a thorn in the flesh. We don't know exactly what it was. The Bible says a messenger of, of Satan was sent to buffet him. Whether it was an enemy or a sickness or something or some crazy plague or something. But it said he besought the Lord three times. 
deliver this from me. I don't want this anymore. And you know what God said to him? He said, after the third prayer, my grace is sufficient. My kindness, my relationship with you, that's enough, Paul. And he said, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Whose strength? God's strength is God's peace. You know that the whole power of Jesus Christ will give you peace in any situation that you're in. And so, you know what? Paul changed his mind. Have you ever gone through something and you want it to end? That's what Paul did. You know what God said? Look, look, look. You're going through this. You need to change your attitude and your perception of what you're going through. And you know what Paul said? Oh, okay. So, and then the battle became a blessing. And instead of wanting to get rid of it, he's like, okay, God wants me to go through it. I'm going to go through it, but I'm going to let him go through me. I'm going to let the peace of God in my life. And the Bible said, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Man, wouldn't it be something if you're going through a crazy Monday at work and you can just go like, hallelujah. And so people think you're crazy. They might think you're crazy. And then they'll say, if I can't beat them, I'm going to join them. Because a lot of people are cursing on Monday. They're not having the cause of Christ through their life on Monday. But Paul said, I'm going to begin to glorify God. And people around me like, how can you glorify God? You're still going through something. Let me tell you, what's going through me is a greater strength than what I'm going through. And then he said, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, reproaches, necessities, persecutions, and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak. Have you ever read or heard that little song for the kids? Uh, Jesus loves the little children, all the little children of the world. Red, yellow, black, and white. They are precious in his sight. Is that the one? No. Where's the one that says, when I am weak, he is strong. That's not what the Bible says. I am weak and he is strong. The Bible says, notice, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, the relationship of Jesus Christ comes in and in, in our lives that when everything is going crazy around us, you say, well, it's not my strength. No. It's God's strength. And God's strength will be sufficient for us. God's grace will be sufficient for us because God's even got a greater desire for you and me than keeping us. God wants to make you speak to someone. So you see, it's the God of peace and then it's the peace of God to us and then it's the peace of God through us. You know, that you might not realize this. You're going to go through something in your life. And then, after you go through something in your life, you're going to be brought next to someone who's going through the same type of thing that you went through already. It might be your car breaking down. It might be the loss of a loved one. It might be a sickness. It might be a relationship difficulty. And here's the kicker. They might not know what you went through. But you know, and you know how to treat them and you know how to love them. And you know, because you just went through it. Anyone face that? Man, that's how God does it. And God gives you that place where he's like, well, they don't know what I went through, but I just went through that. And you can 
comfort them. You know that there's a verse of scripture? It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. That's what God wants us to do. By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. That same peace of God that comes in, say, preacher, but it's not fair. You have everything work out in your favor. Like, come on, man. You know that that's not true. We're all facing that. You know, I, you know if, if a husband makes some kind of declaration, instead of taking it at face value, you know what I can do? I can look at the truth detector. Jesus? No, their wife. I just like, mm-hmm. And, the, and the, if the wife's not smiling, if the wife kind of is like this, I'm like, oh, 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 I got it. It's like, I always treat my wife right. And she's like, <clears throat> then it's like, oh, the truth detector, right? But you know what? God wants us the same comfort that he gives us. There's what we can give to other people because they need the peace of God through us. And they'll see it when we realize it's a tool. It's a tool, the peace of God. It says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And I'm about to close, but there was a, a preacher named Richard Vermbrand. Vermbrand. He was a Romanian preacher. And Romania became an atheist state. And what did he do? He kept preaching. He went to prison. And he was in prison and there was a colonel who is a, a Romanian, I don't know if a Russian or Romanian colonel, but one of his captors said, if you don't tell us what we need you to tell us, I can have you shot. True story. And Richard Wormbrand says, he said, okay, uh, I don't doubt that you can just make one command and uh, I will be shot. And there are countries that that happens, okay? But he said, I want to do a test with you. Because you see, I believe that there's a God, an eternal God, and his name is Jesus. And I believe in eternal life. And the guard said, I'll never believe in it. He didn't even want to say the name Jesus. I'll never believe in that. And you're never going to get out of here. And the preacher said, if God wants me to get out of here, I'll get out of here. And he said to the guard, he said, right now I want you to to put your hand on my heart. And he said, if my heart is beating rapidly, then you might not have to believe in this eternal life. He said, but if right now under the threat of death, my heart is just beating quietly, you can know that there is a hope of eternal life. That God, you see, he had peace in the storm. And 14 years later, 14 years later, you know, sometimes God doesn't deliver us in one. Say, preacher, I'm facing something. 14 years later, that preacher got delivered. Do you know what happened to that colonel? He got put in prison. No longer was he a colonel. Now he was a captive. And so the preacher was able to send him a postcard. He said, that same Jesus that delivered me can deliver you. You see, the peace of God in our lives will speak to somebody else. I'm for peace. The Bible said, blessed are the, the peacemakers. 
for they shall be called the children of God. They get other men and women to make peace with God, peace in their families, peace with themselves. They bring peace wherever they go. You know, there's a storm that's headed toward Louisiana, and if you would pray, there's some people that are related to some folks here in church that live in Louisiana. So there's some loved ones, and maybe you have loved ones there, and it's an awful hurricane to where it's been shared. You might not be able to survive it if you're outside a certain protected area. 140 mile an hour winds, it's bad. Hurricanes are spiral shaped storms, we all know this, right? That form around what? An empty area. Did you know that? There's a hole in the middle of the hurricane. And you can look at it on pictures. For a storm to be considered a hurricane, you've got to at least have 74 miles in an hour, but the Bible, or the, excuse me, the account of a hurricane is that in the center of the hurricane is called something. It's called the eye of the hurricane. It's the center of the storm as well as the calmest part of the storm. You know that that's a truth of our weather. And the natural many times shows the truth of the that God will get you, you know, the, the most deadly part of the storm is the eye wall. That's the nut that right outside that center of the storm. That's the most dangerous part of the winds. But if we can get into the eye of the storm, you see, I believe that this morning Jesus is the eye of the storm. And where's the peace of God? Many times it's not away from the storm. You're never going to get away from the storm. To get away from the storm, you got to get up into heaven. But in the eye of the storm, there's a calm, there's a peace, and everything around you seems like it's falling apart, but in your heart, you're like, wow, I can just take a, take a pillow next to Jesus in the boat and just get rocked to sleep with his amazing love and amazing promises. The eye is calm and almost serene, but with heads bowed and eyes closed, Jesus is God's peace. He is God's shalom. It said he's the prince of peace. That from the, from the Hebrew in the book of Isaiah, he's the prince of shalom. He is the prince of that relationship. And sometimes God won't deliver us from that storm. Sometimes. But he'll deliver us in the storm. He'll put us right in that eye. And wherever we move, we stay with Jesus. There's a storm all around us. And things are going crazy, even within what we can see. But if we stick with Jesus, he's the eye of the storm. He's for peace. He's the God of peace. And you can take it wherever you go. The reason I preach this is you can take the peace of God back to your house before the battle's over to your place of work before the battle's over, in traffic before the battle's over, when the tank's almost empty, the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God and the church are for peace.